Hello to all of my podcast listeners. This is Joyce J. Jones, health and life coach, registered nurse, and chronic care professional. I am so excited to share that I am now being heard in five countries and 57 U.S. cities. Thank you all so much for your listening support. And I hope that you are getting something out of what you hear. So my disclaimer is what I am sharing is for information purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose nor treat any disease, symptom, or condition discussed. Please see and talk with your doctor about any concerns and always follow the treatment plan of your healthcare provider. Today I will be sharing information about sugar. So the title of this podcast is How Sweet It Is. Sugar, also known as glucose, is a vital source of energy for our body. It provides the fuel needed to many of our body's functions, including our brain function. The brain relies mostly, most exclusively on glucose as a source of energy. So without enough glucose, the brain's ability to function can be severely impaired, leading to symptoms such as confusion, dizziness, uh, fatigue, and in some extreme cases, seizures, coma, brain damage, and even death if it's not treated. And such as like in diabetic uh, hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, and also an excessive glucose can be just as dangerous with uh, diabetics. Muscle function. Muscles require glucose for energy to contract and move around, so you need it for that. And then our cells need it for energy. All of our cells in our body, including those in such organs as the heart and liver, rely on glucose for energy production. So I'm going to tell you some of the most common types of sugar. We have glucose, which is a monosaccharide. I mean, it doesn't, it does not decompose. Simple sugar. And that's also the case for fructose and galactose. Sucrose is made of one part glucose and one part fructose joined together. Then you have lactose is the sugar naturally found in milk and dairy products. And then maltose is made of two glucose molecules bound together. So that's enough about science and chemistry. So sources of sugar. Added sugars, um, they they can be added to foods and drinks during processing or preparation. Uh, such as sucrose, which is table sugar, and high fructose corn syrup, honey, and molasses. Then you have the natural sugars. These are sugars that occur naturally in foods, such as fructose in fruits and lactose in milk. Then you have refined carbohydrates. These are foods that have been processed and stripped of their natural fiber and nutrients such as white bread, white pasta, and white rice. These foods can be quickly converted to sugar in the body. Then you have fruit juices. Fruit juices are high in sugar. Even if they are labeled 100% fruit juice, 
And this is because the juicing process removes the fiber from the fruit. And that slows down the absorption of sugar. So if you take the fiber out, then the sugar is quickly absorbed. And that's why when someone's a diabetic and they feel like their blood sugar is dropping, we give them juice. Usually give them some juice, which is a quick working sugar, and then maybe some crackers, which will hold them a little bit longer until they can eat more substantial food. Then we have our sweetened beverages, our soft drinks, energy drinks, sports drinks, and other uh, beverages that are high in sugar and offer little or no nutritional value. And then of course our favorites, our desserts and sweets like cakes, cookies, candies, all those things that I like most of. <laughs> One sweetener that I do want to talk more about is high fructose corn syrup. And this is not to come against our corn farmers at all. I am just sharing information so that we all can make informed decisions about what we eat and what we feed our children. I am bringing this to the forefront because it is in so many things that we eat and most of the time we're clueless that is even in our food. High fructose corn syrup is made from cornstarch, which is a complex carbohydrate made up of long chains of glucose molecules. You know, I said I wasn't going to give any more chemistry. That might be it. Cornstarch um, is from the endosperm of the corn kernel. The endosperm is the starchy part of the corn kernel that serves as a source of energy for the developing plant embryo. The process of making cornstarch involves separating the endosperm from the other components of the corn kernel, such as the germ and the outer hull. And this is typically done through a wet milling process, which involves steeping the corn kernels in water to soften them and then grinding them to separate the endosperm. Cornstarch is first broken down into individual glucose molecules through a process called hydrolysis. Then some of the glucose molecules are chemically converted into fructose which is another type of simple sugar that is sweeter than glucose. High fructose corn syrup was first introduced as a commercial sweetener in the U.S. in the late 1960s. And at that time, it contained 42% fructose. And prior to the widespread use of high fructose corn syrup, table sugar, which is sucrose, was the primary sweetener used in the food industry. High fructose corn syrup gained popularity as a sweetener due to its low cost and ease of use. It was initially used as a cheaper alternative to table sugar in beverages and baked goods. And in the 1970s, a more highly concentrated version of it containing 55% fructose was developed, which allowed for even greater cost savings in the food production. 
So today, high fructose corn syrup is widely used as a sweetener in processed foods and beverages in the U.S. accounting for approximately 40% of all caloric sweeteners consumed. Its use has been somewhat controversial with some studies leaking um, high, high levels of high fructose corn syrup consumption to health problems such as obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. A 2010 study published in the Journal of Pediatrics found that children who consumed high levels of this had a greater risk of developing obesity than those who consumed lower levels. Another study published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition in 2015 found that children who consumed sugar-sweetened beverages, many of which contain high fructose corn syrup, at a higher risk of developing obesity and other metabolic disorders, even like pre-diabetes. It's important to note that high fructose corn syrup is not the sole cause of childhood obesity. I do want to say that. There are many other factors, including genetics, physical activity levels, and overall diet quality also play a role. As you know, our children don't run and play outside like they like we used to you know as many of you were coming up we rode our bikes we played jump rope hopscotch tag you know all those different activities whereas now kids just want to be on their ipad making videos and playing games so they're a lot more sedentary uh, which is not good for our children so we want to get them out playing as much as possible so Uh, it is recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics that we do limit the sugar added, uh, the sugar intake for our children and adolescents to less than 10% of their total calories, which is hard because kids eat a lot of stuff that we're not even aware of. Because I know my mom had no idea that I had a bag of candy almost every day. You know, I went to the store and bought candy and ate it throughout the day. She didn't know that. So the health of Americans has declined over the past several decades. We can all see that. And there is evidence to suggest that the widespread high use of high fructose corn syrup may have played a role in that twin in that trend we are more obese we have more diabetes more heart disease more high blood pressure all these other things you know so also you know like i said a sedentary lifestyle and being stressed out can also be some factors as well in 2013 a review published in the journal of academy of nutrition and diabetics found that the consumption of high fructose corn syrup was associated with an increased risk of obesity, metabolic syndrome, and type 2 diabetes. In addition to this potential link to chronic health conditions, high fructose corn syrup is also associated with other negative health outcomes, including dent, uh, cavities and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. The American Heart Association recommends limiting sugar 
added sugar intake to no more than this source says six teaspoons, which is 24 grams per day for women, and nine teaspoons, which is 36 grams per day for men. The World Health Organization recommends that adults and children limit their intake of added sugar to less than 10% of their daily caloric intake. So for an adult with a normal BMI, which is body mass index, this could be no more than 50 grams or 12 teaspoons of added sugar per day. But what makes this so difficult to do is that you really don't know how much added sugar that you're ingesting. So we used to use regular sugar, now we don't. So now we have to be more aware of what we're doing, what we're consuming, take a responsibility for our overall health. You know, we have other artificial sweeteners now, the saccharin, aspartame, sucralose. Those were also developed and became widely used as a sugar substitute in the mid 20th century. However, these, these sweeteners have been associated with other potential health risks and many consumers have turned to natural sweeteners. And some of those natural sweeteners include honey, maple syrup, molasses, things like that. So to check my own sugar, hidden sugar consumption, I took some time to read a few labels um, in my own home and I discovered that there are several items that I eat on a regular basis and enjoy that I had no idea contained high fructose corn syrup at all. Miracle Whip is one of my favorites. I make my tuna with it, I put it on all my sandwiches. I was shocked to see that it had high fructose corn syrup. My turkey bacon, pancake mix, peanut butter, ketchup, barbecue sauce, all these things have high fructose corn syrup in it. And I really can't measure how much it is. So I suggest that everyone read the labels of the items that you purchase. You know, they're there, read them, take a look at the calories the fat, the cholesterol, the fiber, all those things are important. So when you're grocery shopping, see, you know, what's in what you're eating. See if they contain added sugar, how much sugar, and if there's any fiber to help slow down the absorption of the added sugar. All that matters. And did you know your liver can produce glucose on its own from other sources, such as protein and fats. So it's not necessary to consume added sugars or high amounts of carbohydrates to maintain proper glucose level. So if you find it too difficult to manage your sugar intake on your own, it's best to consult with a healthcare professional or registered dietitian to determine an individualized daily intake of sugar that you would need, especially if you have any of the chronic conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, or obesity. So I hope this information has been helpful to you and I thank you and appreciate you listening. My website is Joyce-J 
joycejones-llc.com. And you can find me on Facebook at Joyce J. Jones, Health and Life Coach. So until the next episode, remember, change your habits, transform your life. Mm -hmm.